welcome back, Summit League Volleyball fans. We have a lot to chat about today. Uh, we are certainly, you know, down to the wire. The last few days, the last few matches of the regular season are coming up this weekend and, uh, you know, halfway into next week. Um, so we're going to talk about where everyone is at right now, like at this moment, and the battle for the sixth seed, because that is the the biggest um the biggest thing, I guess, or the most pressing thing in in my opinion. Um, so right now, as we speak, Omaha is in the number one spot. They have one less loss than the next four teams to follow. DU is in sole possession of second place. Tied for third, we have Kansas City, North Dakota State, and South Dakota. So when that breaks up three, four, and five in whatever order, South Dakota State is currently in sixth. North Dakota can take the sixth seed and get into the tournament. How likely it is that they will? Eh. It's a lot. There's a lot of moving parts and a lot of things that need to happen. You know that this is my favorite freaking episode every season. Um, you heard it last year. Uh, you know, with me and my former co-host, this was my absolute favorite thing to talk about. We spent well over an hour discussing uh, the possibilities and and what was going to happen. And the league is even more so this year, like condensed and messy and, you know, um, all kind of in one spot. So six teams get into the conference tournament. Honestly, I don't like it. I've said that before. I'll say it again. It's not enough. Six teams is not enough, um, in my opinion. Feel free to disagree. I, I don't really care. I just don't think that's enough. Even if you go back to, like, other sports, so basketball, for example, and don't come at me with the, like, well, basketball brings more money. They need to have more teams, blah, blah, whatever. I know. I have a basketball podcast, too. I'm well aware. You're not telling me anything I don't know. Um, I just feel like even in basketball when they used to have – so when we had nine teams – before the addition of St. Thomas and before the very odd departure, uh, poorly timed, left us in a lurch departure of Western Illinois, there were nine teams before both of those things happened. Eight got into the basketball tournament. One did not. It was very simple. Don't be dead last. Very simple task. Don't be last, right? Um, and I feel like for volleyball it's not just don't be last it's also don't be eighth don't be seventh and I think that in this league that's very hard I think it's very hard not to find yourself in that position because there's just that many good teams um this league is full of teams that can beat you know anyone can beat anyone on on any given night and you'll hear Leanne Williamson talked about that a little bit in her interview later. She commented on, you know, being in the position where they can beat everyone in the league, but also being in the position where they can lose to every single team in the league. And I just think that when you only have six teams, I mean, it's 33% of the, of the league that you're leaving out of the tournament. I don't know. I just disagree with it. I also think like, here's my solution. I, I'm not going to be pissed about a problem without like having a solution. I think you take seven and you give the one seed a buy. That is not hard to do. There's more reward for the one seed in that 
Um, Because, you know, like right now, we're going to talk about later the battle between Denver and Omaha for the one and possibly Kansas City. Kansas City does have a shot at the one seed, believe it or not, um, if a lot of crazy things happen. (laughs) Um, Or not necessarily crazy, but just if a lot of stuff happens and falls into place, that's possible for them. Anyway, that's beside the point right now. We're going to talk about that battle in a little bit. But all of those teams are still in the tournament, right? And I think that you make the one seed a little bit more, um, you know, sought after, a little bit more prestigious if you are only giving the one seed a bye. Currently, the one and two play, I think, in the semifinals. You have four and five and three and six that play on day one. And then one and two will play the winners of those on day two and then the championship on day three. I think if you take seven and don't give the two seed that luxury, um, it, it just makes the one seed, you know, more sought after. So that's me. I say take seven and give the one a buy and reward the one and only the one. Um, but anyway, um, there can only be six. So let's talk about it. SDSU and UND, uh, 7 p.m. in Brookings tomorrow night. Going to get into this game more later. Um, Well, the game predictions, the match predictions specifically more later on. However, we have to talk about the situation right now. So I think SDSU is... Shoot, I should have written their record down. I apologize. Um, UND is three and ten. SDSU must be six and nine. Yeah, SDSU must be six and nine. Um, so here's the thing: one SDSU win or one North Dakota loss means that SDSU takes the six and UND's done for the day, for the season, actually. Um If UND wins out and SDSU loses out, now we have two teams at 6 and 10. So what are the tiebreaker procedures? My dear friend Michael Palmer sent me a text with the actual language from the, like, handbook or the rulebook or whatever it is um, months ago when I was asking about this for basketball. And I searched it in my phone earlier today and I found it. And I spent probably 30 minutes, like, just trying to figure this out. So where this gets dicey is when you have a tie, you go head to head, obviously. They split. Well, if UND were to win out, it would mean that they split because they play SDSU tomorrow. So let's assume that UND wins out, SDSU loses out, and head to head, they've split. They each won and lost a match. The next thing you do is go head to head down the standings. So you start at the top. So looking at where they are right now, you would start with Omaha. Then you would go to Denver. UND and SDSU both split their matches with Omaha and Denver. So now what do you do? The next thing you do, the third thing in the rule book, is you go, um, when you're going head to head down those standings and you get to a group that's tied, instead of doing individual, like, how did SDSU play against Kansas City? How did they play against USD? Whatever. You do the collective tied group. So the tied group right now, if the standings were to not change, they will, which is why this gets dicey. But if they were to not change, the tied teams are Kansas City, North Dakota State, and South Dakota. 
against that collective tide group. Where's my notes? Against that collective tide group. If North Dakota State, or excuse me, if North Dakota wins out and SDSU loses out, SDSU would be one and five and UND would be two and four. Meaning that UND would get themselves into the tournament. Again, that's if the standings don't change. Because if they do, and we don't have that tied group anymore, even if Denver and Omaha stay at the top, and we don't have that tied group anymore, um, if there's this, a sole team in third place, then we would have to go back in and see like what the head-to-head matchup was um, with that team. So... I, by the way, normally I put little banners on the screen for you to like see what I'm talking about. I shouldn't say normally. I should say when I'm not lazy. Um, but today, I mean, I just word vomited. Like everything I just said was not going to fit in a banner, nor did I have an efficient way to explain it in few words for a banner that or a ticker <laughs> that like scrolled across the the screen, the crawl. Um, so I just didn't do that. And I'm not sorry about it. Um, you guys got me, you call me at a sassy time. I just, it's that point in the semester. I, (laughs) I just can't. Um, anyways. So, okay. Is UND going to win out? No, I'm sorry. I love you guys. I just don't see it. It starts with this match tomorrow night, right? You like step one is beating SDSU tomorrow night. Even if they do that, um, I just don't see with with what's left on their schedule. I just don't see it happening. I think they have a pretty tough um, rest of their schedule coming up. I just. Yeah, I don't know. We'll talk about that much more in a minute. Um, I want to talk about Omaha and Denver tonight. So this is the battle for the top seed. If Denver wins, they split the season with with Omaha. Um, they they would have one win and one loss each against each other in head-to-head. So if you do the same thing and you go down the standings as they are right now, um, each team also split with Kansas City, who's the next team in the standings. But remember, Kansas City is knotted up in that tie as it sits right now. So if they stay tied, you'd have to do the same thing we just did with SDSU and, U- and UNT and look at that collective tie group. If DU and Omaha both take a loss before the end of the season, they each have two matches left. They play each other tonight, and then DU plays Oral Roberts, and Omaha plays South Dakota State, I think. Um, if if either DU – no, excuse me. If DU and Omaha both take a loss before the end of the season – and Kansas City wins out, which is, I think, quite possible for Kansas City, then Kansas City has a shot at the number one seed because going down the standings, Kansas City and um, with Kansas City and Omaha, Kansas City beat USD twice and Omaha did not. Omaha would split with USD. But remember that that only breaks, that's only if the tie in the standings breaks um, because then you'd have to look at collective records again. But it's, it is, I don't want to say very possible, but it's possible that Kansas City walks out of here with the top seed. 
which I think would be immaculate, impeccable. Um, I love everybody, but I mean, it's hard not to be a Kansas City fan. It's hard not to be a Christy Posey fan. And the way that they've, you know, turned that program around, I have a whole, like, literally a whole paragraph about that later that we're going to talk about um, in my notes. But yeah, I just, I think that's possible for Kansas City, uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I need a beverage break um, because my throat is like not having it. I just need to drink my Starbies. Okay, fantastic. I feel like we need to talk about upcoming matches. So again, Denver hosting Omaha tonight. This is an absolute must win for DU if they want the top seed. They have to win this match if they want the top seed. Um, their last meeting was October 11th at Baxter. The Mavs swept that match 25-22, 25-21, 25-21. Still fairly competitive. I mean, any match in the 20s for both, uh, any set, excuse me, in the 20s for both uh, teams is competitive. Do you hit at a really low percentage to start? I think they were hitting like 156 or something around the 21st point of the first set, which is like not fantastic. Um, they were hitting, got 330 or 350 in the third set, it isolated hitting percentage in the third set. Um, but it just took them too long to get going. I feel like they also couldn't really keep the ball in play and just like couldn't close out each set. And you know that, you know, when you can't finish a set, it's obviously not going to go your way. I think Denver has gotten a lot better at all of those things throughout the season, um, you know, I said last week, I think it was, if you would have told me in the middle of the non-con that Denver would be at the top of the league or in second place for the majority of the season, I would have said you were insane. Um, but it's it's absolutely phenomenal what they have been able to do. And I had planned to talk about, like, who I would pick if I had a vote for, you know, um, the, the end of the year awards, player of the year, coach of the year, all of that. I actually didn't even end up taking notes on that. I was planning to, and I just, I didn't. So maybe I'll talk more about that next week. But if you, and for volleyball, I don't know if they do media poll or if they just do um, coaches poll. I'm not really sure how they do the voting for that. Cause I know that it's different from basketball. Anyway, that being said, if you have a vote, and you don't vote Megan Pendergast coach of the year, you don't deserve to have a vote. I don't care who gets to the championship match. I don't care who wins it. For me, there isn't, like, this is not to take anything away from Matt Buttermore. I love Matt Buttermore. He's the bombdiggity.com. They've had an incredible season, Omaha has, and they scheduled a very tough non-con and they have a lot of experience and they have improved a ton over the season while also being in first place the majority of the time, <laughs> first or second, right? Um, fighting for, you know, that first place spot with Kansas City and Denver. But, and this is the argument every year and every sport, right? Do we vote for someone who, you know, went undefeated, who ran away with the league? Do we vote for someone who's done that several times before? Or do we vote for the underdog story? And for me, not that Denver is really even necessarily an underdog story, but 
for me to come in as a new coach, as a first time head coach, never been a head coach before. I'm pretty sure has never been a head coach before. was an assistant at UCLA, assistant at Oklahoma and somewhere else. So sorry that I'm forgetting that. Um, but as a first time head coach to come into a program like Denver that has so much history, storied success, you know, a staple of Summit League Volleyball, head coach had to step down, you know, for personal reasons. The team was kind of in disarray, a lot of turnover, um, literally did not have a setter, like coming in, like losing Lauren Poulter to Purdue and, and blah, 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 and so on and so forth. Like there was no reason that Denver should have been good this year. Not that they should have been bad, but I mean, there's no reason that Denver should have excelled to the lever level that it has this year. And in my opinion, to do that as a first year head coach, to take what you have and make it work and pull it together like that, impeccable. That is coach of the year material. If you have a vote and you do not vote for Megan Pendergast, you're out of your damn mind and you don't deserve to have a vote. Thank you. End rant. Um, okay. I'm pretty sure I was talking about the DU and Omaha game. I apologize. Um, Omaha, they're cruising. They've been cruising. They're still cruising. They did this last year too. Um, I think last year they had like six sweeps in a row out of like seven wins or something. It was disgusting. Um, they're, they're essentially doing the same thing. So I think it's going to take a really big performance to stop them. That said, the way Denver's playing right now, I think that that's a really feasible task for Denver uh, to beat Omaha and they get to, to play that match in Hamilton um, at home for them. I do think that whatever happens, it's going to take four sets, if not five. Um, I don't think this is a three and out situation. Denver has been very tenacious as of late. And as I mentioned, if they want to head into the conference tournament with the one seed, this is step number one. This is a must win uh, for them if they want to be the team to beat. So shifting our attention, Oral Roberts at USD at 6 p.m. Central tomorrow night. Listen, the SCSC is an incredibly tough place to play. USD fans have only continued to show up in droves and support their team. They've seen some really incredible matches, um, some really awesome five setters going on in the Sanford Coyote Sports Center this season. I think that they're going to show up. I think that ORU is going to have a tough time in there. As you'll hear in our chat with Coach Luke Ward later, I did get Coach Luke Ward on the show, by the way. I'm so excited. It was so great to chat with him. Um, as you'll hear in our little sit down there, they're rebuilding. They started from scratch on purpose. They had every intention of doing that um, because they want to build something sustainable. And you'll hear him talk a little bit more about that. But I think right now for them, it's about experience. Of course, they're trying to win. Everyone's trying to win, but the wins will come. And I think they're more focused on, you know, a point here, a point there. What can we string together? And I think that USD is just going to come out and hammer at home as they should. Um, and so, yeah, I just think they're going to take care of business tomorrow. So I'm going to say USD3, ORU, zero. Um, again, keep in mind that USD is currently in that three-way tie at third with Kansas City and North Dakota State. So it is like – for SDSU, they really need to focus on winning. For the other top five teams – 
Omaha, DU, Kansas City, NDSU, and USD. Their focus on winning is, is you know, more about seeding, more about where they're going to end up because they're into the tournament. SDSU's got to make sure that they cover their butts and, and stay into the tournament. But everyone else that's in is in. The only thing that's not locked is the seeds. Um, so I think it's it's a little bit of a different a different approach or different implications, different things at stake. Next, tomorrow night, um, North Dakota at South Dakota State at 7 p.m. This is like the one we talked about, like we said, a must win for UND if they want to make a conference tournament. Step one is beating NDSU, then winning – or SDSU, excuse me. Then winning out and, you know, hoping and praying that SDSU loses out. Um, if that happens, based on the current standings, like I said, based on that collective group of, of tied teams, UND would be in if I did – all the calculating correctly. Um, again, that's something we have to reevaluate in the next couple of days if they even win out, if they even beat SDSU tomorrow. Remember that one SDSU win or one UND loss means that SDSU is in. As for my prediction, I really want to be hopeful for UND and say that they can pull this out. I love them, them to pieces. They're so much fun. They're so much fun to talk to. They're so much fun to watch. Um, SDSU was really dominant the last time that they matched up. They won three to one up in Grand Forks. And SDSU has been playing some really competitive volleyball since then. You know, they just dropped a five setter. Um, they've been very a lot more consistent than they they were probably the first half of the season. Have to see if UND can pull out another Thursday night special, <laughs> as they refer to it on Twitter or X, excuse me. Um, or better yet, you know, win in three or four. But I think I'm going to go SDSU three, UND one. Um, the next match that's happening tomorrow night, Kansas City at NDSU. This one matters for seeding and for breaking up that collective tie because the two of, these are two teams that are in that collective tie with USD. NDSU has won its last six matches. I actually didn't realize that until I was looking at their um, schedule. That includes a sweep of Denver, a three to one victory over Omaha, which are the top two teams in the league right now, and a sweep of Kansas City. So the Bison are on a really good, uh, really good track right now. And DSU is doing everything it needs to do. They're playing really good volleyball. Um, speaking of that, the last time they played when they swept Kansas City, that sweep was not um, necessarily representative of what actually happened. You'll hear, you know, when I talked to Coach Luke Ward here in a little bit, um, we talked a little bit about making sure that you look at the score when you're looking at a sweep. You know, was it 25-15, 25-18, 25 or was it 25-23, 25-23, like – or was it 26-24? Like, you really have to look at those scores to understand what's happening. Because just because, you know, a team won three sets does not mean that that was easy. That could have been a really competitive set of three sets of volleyball. In this particular case, the last time the NDSU swept Kansas City a couple of weeks ago, that was the night where the first set went 37-35. That's... I mean, even if you played a 25, 
25-23, which is like the ideal score, you know, and then you go 35 or 37-35, that's like 24 extra points. That's literally another set that they played. That's 24 extra plays, which is an entire like extra set of volleyball that they played. So sure, it's a sweep, but that was a four-set match. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's really important to look at those things. Um, so yeah, 37-35, then 25-18, and then 26-24. So they did play extra, a few extra points in the last set as well. Um, I think it's safe to say that we're going to see a battle here. I don't see, I don't see it, it being easy one way or the other. I think that NDSU had a really great season last year. And for the Ruse, this is the best spot they've been in in quite some time. Um, I can't remember if it was this the season that they came back to the Summit, um, their first season back from the WAC, where they played really well and like beat Missouri. I can't remember if it was that season or the season after. Um, but since then, you know, Kansas City hasn't seen the Summit League tournament. You had the COVID year thrown in there. Um, the one that screwed SDSU out of a tournament appearance that I will never, I will never not mention that. I will never not bring that up. Um, but yeah, I think that this is the best spot that Kansas city has been in for a while. And they're 18 and seven this year. Um, and not that like NDSU isn't because everybody is, but Kansas city is really after that conference championship, the tournament championship, you know, and I think that even in like the conversations that I had with Christy Posey earlier in the season, I believe her words were win the damn thing. And then she did that little giggle that she always does when she gets excited about, about, you know, whatever she's talking about. Um, I think it's very possible for Kansas city. I think they're the team you kind of have to watch out for. They're very balanced, very win by committee, as I've said all season. So, and like I said, you know, I may sound a little bit biased. I am to some extent, like I have family in Kansas city. Um, that's a place that I go, you know, if I want to catch a game when I'm driving back to South Dakota, like I always stop there and and hang out. So, but I think it's hard to not be a Kansas City fan when you see the turnaround of that program. You know, Christy Posey's the winningest head coach in in Kansas City history for volleyball. Um, and her just career trajectory and history and, and story is pretty awesome. And what she's done with that program is pretty awesome. That being said, you can say the same for NDSU in the last few years um, and how much they've improved. Not that they were ever bad, but like just how much better they've gotten. You can say the same for what Jesse Tupac's doing at UND. You know, even though this season maybe hasn't turned out the way that we thought it would based on some of their earlier play. I mean, they were a two-win program or a no-win program. I can't remember. The same thing happened with basketball. One of them had two wins and one had none. Uh, and I can't remember which is which, but then the next year, you know, um, they completely flipped it. And Jesse Tupac has done that along with Kristen um, and the rest of the coaching staff up at North Dakota. I think you see it with DU this year, like my little rant about how Megan Pendergast should be coach of the year. Um, nobody expected them to do what they've done and be at the top of the league. And here they are. You can look at SDSU in the last four or five years and see a turnaround and not only a turnaround, but a complete culture shift. Um, and you look at, you know, a player like Akila Jefferson, when we got to talk to Dan George Alice last week, he talked about how he is one of the people that 
was here when the program was not in a great spot and the culture and the attitude and everything was not in a great spot. And she's been a huge part of that transformation and gets to look at where they are now and kind of leave a piece of that with these younger players. Um, And even if you look at, you know, USD, we thought they might be down a little bit this year. Nope. (laughs) Here they are. Like they won nine of their last 11 matches. Um, So I just think it's really incredible to see the growth in these programs individually and also collectively um, as a league, you know, and this is how we, this is how we shed the mid-major label, not literally, but figuratively. Um, This is how we make it matter. So I'm super excited with, with what's been going on. Anyway, this game is super tough. Um, And I, again, like I say, these predictions are probably bogus. However, I'm going to go Kansas City 3, NDSU 1. Cool. I've been blabbing at you for like 28 minutes and 47 seconds, which is a lot longer than I thought I would. I apologize for that. Um, I'm going to drop these interviews in here for you. Don't forget that we have Saturday, Sunday. Let me back up. So we have a game tonight, Wednesday. Have uh, three matches tomorrow on Thursday. Saturday matches. One Sunday match, uh, I think two Tuesday matches, maybe just one. I think two and two Wednesday matches. So Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday. That's what we've got. And then the tournament conference tournament starts the following Sunday. Um, so there is a chance tomorrow night to know who the final six are going to be. If UND does not overcome SDSU tomorrow night, then SDSU is it. If not, we're going to have to wait a little longer. Um, But just keep those things in mind. Watch volleyball. You know, we'll be back on Thursday to preview the upcoming conference tournament. Keep up with us on Twitter. The Twitter handles are right there in a banner for your viewing. Um, And, yeah, I'm going to let you listen to Coach Luke Ward of ORU Volleyball for the first time ever. Yay, I'm so excited about that. And then after that, uh, of course, Coach Leanne Williamson from South Dakota. So watch these interviews. Watch volleyball. Um, deuces. See you on the summit. All right. Welcome back, listeners. We have the privilege of sitting down with an impeccable volleyball coach uh, today, and that's first-year head coach at ORU, Luke Ward. Coach, thanks so much for being here today with us. No, I'm, I'm honored to be invited, and I look forward to talking with you. Awesome. I'm so excited. I've been waiting for this. Um, so, Coach, you kind of revolutionized the volleyball program at Trinity International, and now you're faced with kind of rebuilding uh, the program at Oral Roberts. So we're just going to kind of jump into it. Um, my first question for you is, what was your perspective of the volleyball landscape in the Summit League kind of before you got here? Um, and is it now different having, you know, made it through most of one season? Yeah, I think I was familiar with the top of the of the league, the South Dakota, the Omaha. Um, I know that Denver had been up there. North Dakota State was good. So that's mostly where I had seen it. And most of it had been my experience with, um, you know, who was making it um, into the national tournament, um, you know, who was representing the Summit League. So um, I knew that they were competitive. Um Truthfully, I didn't hear much about it, you know, to, to the point of this podcast, like this is some really good volleyball. Um, and so there, there needs to be a lot more exposure. So 
I think after doing most of the season, regular season thus far, I mean, I'm not surprised by the talent level. Um, you'd, film can only do so much, so it's been good to be able to go to every – we've been to almost every place. we got to go to South Dakota and Denver uh, last here. But it's been good to feel the environment of the fans and just um, – see the fans and, and how much they care about their volleyball teams. And and just, I've have so much respect before and even more respect now, just being able to play against them. Yeah, absolutely. And to that point, I've heard other coaches say something I've been asking everyone is like, what do you think about the growth of the league? And I've heard other people say, you know, the middle of the league got better. The bottom of the league got better. There was turnover at the top of the league. And now it's kind of all just a big mess, which is super, super yeah. exciting. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the wins that you do have uh, this season. So over UC Riverside and St. Thomas, what are some good things that you take from those wins that you kind of want to carry, you know, throughout the rest of the season with you? Yeah. And we had nickel state in there. That's, that's our other, our, our other third one. Yeah. Um, so those, those ones where I was impressed with, how we battled for three straight sets. I know the St. Thomas one went four. Um, we didn't particularly start well, um, but the other two were just sweeps and we were pretty consistent from 0 0.0 to, you know, the, the 0.25 in the third set. So um, I think that those highlight and, and in some of our losses that we've had highlight how consistent we can be. Um, it's, you know, one or two points here in terms of, Hey, we needed to terminate that ball um on that rally or hey we needed a good pass there where maybe we only got a, a one pass so um there's a lot to build um there's even stuff we're building from you know our losses because obviously we've had more of those but um we're gonna still grind and and get better each day yeah absolutely um i feel like feel free to disagree but i feel like kind of where you guys were playing some of your best volleyball was that stretch where um, South Dakota State came to Tulsa and then you played Omaha right after. I felt like those were two really competitive matches where you just couldn't quite get over the hump for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, that SDSU match ended on a weird, I still don't know what happened there. The weird call or like play that happened. That was so awkward. I looked up and it was over. Um, but what are you kind of emphasizing and improving on in practice so that you can, you know, win those competitive matches? Yeah. Um, it's just, like I mentioned, it's one or two points here. Um, you know, when we actually broke it down statistically and when we're scoring 18, 19 points or more in each set, um, the difference um, between our opponents and us is 1.8 points. And so that's two kills here, or that's, you know, an ace and a block here, however you want to, you know, play it mm -hmm. out. So um, one of the things we're doing and have been doing is, we're going to get good passes, but not just one here and one there. We're going to do three or four in a row. We're going to get three or four kills in a row. We're going to get three or four blocks in a row. And obviously those are difficult goals and tasks to put on, to put on them. But, you know, we're seeing then more discipline carry over from play to play and rally to rally, as opposed to kind of having some really like flash in the pan moments that are great. And then some kind of funky things that happen, um, you know, throughout the other plays. So, um, we're staying on our defense. I think our defense has improved a lot this season, um, especially our blocking. I felt like our blocking, I wasn't sure, you know, our eye sequencing wasn't there, but I'm starting to see us get better at that, be more consistent on slowing some balls down. Um, and when we play defense, you give yourself a chance. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you had mentioned that USD and Denver are the two places that you haven't gone yet. If I did the math right, um, those are the, also the only two scores that you've not won a set against. 
Mm -hmm. this up to this point um mm -hmm. so i want to know are there specific challenges when facing you know those particular teams that you maybe don't see in other matches or is it still kind of back to just a point here and there where you can improve the those two ones are hard um because our passing is it was just they challenged us so well you know and so it was hard to get into an offensive rhythm um even in the set I think we the first two sets, the first one against South Dakota or first one against Denver, we were right there. But even our passing was just okay, or they missed a bunch of serves or whatever. So like we didn't really develop any sort of rhythm. Um, Denver's huge and great blocking team, and South Dakota's a great blocking team. So I think we've struggled against those types of teams. Um, but they just kind of caught us at the right the wrong time, you know. And and I felt like um, as we've developed our passing a little bit better. Um, We've gone from three man to two man. We, we've just tried to figure out what's going to help make us more consistent. Some of when we played South Dakota, that was kind of the transition into that. And so I think we are still trying to find ourselves. Yeah. Well, you've got another chance coming up this week uh, to me. see if you can if you can put that into action. Um, what's your message to, you know, volleyball fans or ORU fans that are aware of ORU's volleyball history and, you know, how often um, – they made the NCAA tournament in the past, like, and maybe a bit impatient kind of with the rebuilding process that you're going through right now. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, that's something that we've actually talked about as a group here and there, you know, they made the elite eight in 1995. Um, that actually might be the furthest that any summit league team has gone, you know, historically um, in the tournament, but we, we know that it's been tough over the last few years anyway. Um, even before I got here, um, they had a really good season in 2021, but we knew that we wanted to kind of strip things down a little bit and and start from the bottom so that we're building more sustainable success. Um, we want to make sure that we're building into these athletes, both on and off the court. Um, you know, it, they're, they're people that play volleyball. I don't, I don't call them volleyball players. So we want to make sure that they feel motivated. They feel taken care of, um, and then I think in turn, you're going to see people be able to pour back into the program and make it theirs. Um, I tell them all the time, it's not my team. It's not my girls. It's not my athletes. It's ours. Everything's ours. Um, I'm just, you know, entrusted to lead in this in this point in time. So, yeah. What's your take on um, playing in the maybe center? I know they just made that move this year. So you don't have experience in the old in the old field house or rec center, whatever it was. But what's your yeah. take on that? Oh, it's incredible. Um, my only experience that I had um, in the rec center was when I had to practice the spring when I got hired. And I can't even imagine trying to play a home match in there. Um, that that would have been tough. Just so much going on. Um, but being able to just really highlight the game and highlight the athletes, the volleyball athletes, both the opponents and, and us, I think has just made a really cool environment. Um, I'm excited to get more marketing and more promotion out there about it because I still think people in Tulsa and like our local community doesn't even know we're at the maybe center, you know? And so I want to make sure that we do a, um, a good job on our end on the volleyball team, just getting the word out and, and getting people to come out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to give you a chance to highlight Trinity Freeman and Ketrin Burke. These are two athletes that, you know, <laughs> stick out to me. Not that there aren't more. There's also, you know, Natasha Baptiste and whoever else you want to throw in there, but um, anything you want to say, yeah. anything you want to highlight. Yeah, I mean, Kedrin, um, we call her KB. KB is, um, I'm, I'm impressed with her because she didn't start off as well. Um, and she didn't really play that much last year as a freshman. 
And so her kind of getting that opportunity um, this season, I've just seen her grow so much, um, not even just as a player, but as a leader um, and just holding a hard line and, and, and wanting the standard to be the standard. So I've been very impressed with her. Um, her blocking has definitely impre uh, impressed um, me, especially because I just feel like it's defense is attitude driven and, and her attitude is consistent. So um, Trinity, I mean, she's one of our captains. She's, you know, probably the big name that, you know, every opponent circles, you know, in a scouting report. Um, the thing that's impressive about her is she still gets kills. I mean, even teams that, you know, they try to block her this way or take away this way or even serve her, um, you know, even games where I feel like she doesn't start off very well, she finds it. That's that's the thing I'm most impressed with her is that she doesn't give up and she doesn't give a give in and she keeps her head about her and she leads us in so many different categories. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. This is a little game I like to call Summit Roulette. It's not really a game. It's just me asking you random questions. Um, so the first one is if there is one non-con match that you wish, you know, you had back or could have gotten the win, which one would that be? Good question. Um, man, we played the one that pops out of my head is we played Eastern Illinois, who's having a really good season. We played them tough, like 25, 22. We got swept 25, 21, 25, 23, something like that. But those those were like some of those things we're seeing now where we're one point here, one point there, one point there. Um, that would have been an awesome game to have. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's those scores you just gave. That's like the story of volleyball. And that's one yeah. thing that really bugs me is when people are like, oh, they got swept. I'm like, yeah, did you look at the score? Right. You know, like, was right. it 26, 24? Like, to me, that's not it's just so it's such a false representation um, sure. of, of what actually happened. For sure. Um, who on your team has the biggest personality? Who's the class clown? Wow. Yeah, there's so many. Um, who is? I feel like we have a couple freshmen that stand out a lot, um, that they make everybody laugh. Um, but I would say on the court, the one that you see the most is Tainara de Jesus. She has the most passion on the court. Um, and she'll, you know say some things in Portuguese sometimes we're not always sure what she's saying good or bad <laughs> um, but uh, she she's our motor at times um, when we need her to be so um, she's pretty fun yeah um what player from another summit team has really impressed you this season I know you've probably been focused on your own team but <laughs> if there's a name that stands out yeah that's a great question too um you know, it, I can tell you who it is. It's the outside um, number seven. I think her name's Allie. Allie um, Hinsey? Yes, from North Dakota State. Um, when we first played them, um, our opening round or opening regular season match here, she didn't play particularly well. And then you look at the stats and she's still like got all these kills, you know, and she's just somebody that I feel like is so dynamic and does so many good things for them, um, both blocking, defense, passing hitting um i i just think she's an incredible athlete and she has so many different shots so yeah absolutely um lastly what has been a memorable moment for you this season i would say favorite but no one can ever pick just one so <laughs> yeah um you know i i think that one of the things that i i was impressed by is we went to omaha um on a thursday night we didn't play particularly well 
Um, and then we had we had some good conversations as a team um, just after that, just how are we going to get better? And we flew to St. Thomas in Minnesota on Friday and we had a really good practice on Friday. Um, and I felt and then we got to go to a player's house in Minnesota. She's one of our, our athletes. And I felt like that was just some good team bonding that we needed um, after kind of getting our butt handed to us the night before. And I think it translated when we got to play St. Thomas the next day. Um, they were a good team are a good team and we just even though we didn't start well i felt like we were able to put it together and there was some trust built in that match so i i think that was one of the most memorable yeah absolutely great uh great moment for sure um all right oru is on the road to usd this week before closing out the season with the tommies at home on sunday that yep. was odd to me um yeah. we've got a lot of random volleyball coming up and then Pio's on a Wednesday I think on the road so coach Ward thanks so much for you know being here and taking the time this is the first time we've had ORU on the show so I really appreciate you uh making it work for us awesome I love it let's get Summit League out there and let's talk volleyball I love it so absolutely <laughs> All right, listeners, uh, once again, we have a double feature for you. Our last coach interview of the season is the iconic Coach Leanne Williamson um, of South Dakota. So, Coach, thanks so much for being here with us today. Of course. I'm glad you asked. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you guys are 15-9 and nine overall, 9-4 and four in the Summit. You've played nine five-set matches this year. I don't know if you knew that, but that's a lot. Um, and you only dropped three of those, one to Drake and the other two in conference. So that means two of your conference losses are, were in five sets, which I think is pretty incredible. Um, so talk to me a little bit about just the persistence and the determination of the group that you have this season. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that we have a group that is, it's an interesting makeup. You know, we have some that are very experienced. Um, for example, our middles, you know, um, have 11 years of experience between the two of them. And then we have some positions that just don't have that same amount, whether we have, um, you know, our freshman setter or a freshman outside playing right now, um, that we have people essentially with a lot of experience and we have some with a, with a little experience. But I do, I just think that being in as many five set matches as we have been, um, you know, having to come back from some really tough ones, um, being down by a lot or being up and then giving away that lead. Um, I think it just goes to show how resilient this group is, you know, and, um, you know, I, I think that there's just that little bit of, um, you know, at times I think we get ourselves into that position because we're not always as consistent as I was, I was, as I would like us to be, but I think to be able to stick with it or the two matches that we were down 0-2 and to be able to come back and win in five. Um, I mean, that is literally the definition of determination of persistence, right. Of not um, basically never say never, you know, finding a way in, in both good and bad situations. Um, and that's something that I'm really happy to see within this group, especially as we get down towards the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry if you hear weird flapping. My dog is in here scratching her ears. I don't know what she's doing. I apologize. <laughs> um, I want to go all the way back, if your brain will let you, to the beginning of the season. You scheduled a really tough non-con. I think you went six and five or something like that. Um, and then dropped the first two matches of Summit play. A really competitive match with Omaha. Maybe a little less competitive with Kansas City. What were some of the conversations in practice that allowed you to go from you know, losing those two matches to then winning nine of your next 11 up to this point. 
You know, I, throughout my time here, we've always tried to focus on um, being in the present and controlling what we can control. So we talk a lot about that of just, you know, a loss or two losses don't define you as a team. It, it doesn't dictate the rest of your season. And I think it's hard not to push the panic button in those situations. Um, and I think we saw that with our team a little bit of a group that had had a lot of success in the past. Um, I think there was a little bit of panic, you know, so I think it was a lot of just us talking through having the tough conversations to remind them like, Hey, we're good. You know, we have the ability to, to play with the best. Um, but the league is also different, you know, and we, we also have the ability to lose to anybody in the league as well. But I think it's just so much about focusing on who we are and getting a little bit better every single day. Um, and to one of the phrases that we use is be the best version of yourself, you know, and if you're the best version of yourself each day in practice, we are getting better. We are in, in improving not only as individuals, but as a team. Um, and I think that's really important to be able to recognize and see and, and build upon as we go through the season. Um, but beyond that, it, we had to kind of reshape their mindset a little bit of the conference tournament is really far away. You know, the, mm -hmm. the beginning of the season is is in the past. So how do we focus on the here and now? Um, and I feel like after that week, we really did that, you know, and obviously sweeping Denver that um, after dropping those first two, I think it just showed our team what we were able to do when we focus a little bit more on our side rather than the the what ifs or what happened in the past. Yeah. Um, you had mentioned, you know, how you have a lot of experience in some positions and maybe less so in others. I want to give you a chance to highlight two of your your freshmen out of the Omaha area. Um, whatever you have to say about Samantha Laird and Amanda Loxon, lay it on. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Sam is one that started playing a little bit, probably about halfway through the season. And um, I think for her, you know, I think it took her a little bit of time to kind of get into things to kind of find her rhythm. But the more experience she has, the better she's gotten. You know, I think just that the confidence have, has risen, her her knowledge of, you know, understanding what works for her. Um, you know, I think her, obviously she's in there as an attacker, but I think her block, the block has gotten better. Her defense and ball control has gotten more consistent. Um, and I think she's been a, kind of a light, you know, in a lot of ways. I think people really enjoy playing with her. Um, and I, I think just as we continue to move forward, I think you're going to see her competitiveness con continue to come out. Um, Amanda Lotion, um, she has been one that I think just early on, we learned really quickly that she is a competitor, you know, and um, she may not, she came in as a middle, you know, we moved her to the right side to be able to, um, to see essentially what she could do there. And I think she just continues to improve each week. You know, we talk about being the best version of ourselves. And I think she's done that at a really high level. Um, she's constantly asking questions, you know, she's, she's intentful with everything that she does. And, and you kind of see her in certain aspects of games, when we really need something in a, in a critical moment, I think she's able to, to come through and do that because of her competitiveness. So um, she's one that I think, you know, had to, had to learn how to play a different position more consistently. Um, I think she's done a really good job with that and, and honestly been a kind of a key to our, our defensive efforts, you know, kind of being that first line of defense up at the, at the net, but then being a really good offensive option and honestly came coming up with a lot of really big kills and big moments. And I'm thinking about some of those fifth set matches where she was able to kind of extend the lead for us um, with some things that she did offensively. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to move to a veteran player, someone who I, I would describe as a generational volleyball player to not use that term lightly. We have to talk about Madison Harms. You know, she plays with such meticulousness and assiduity and, and pays such close attention to what she's doing. Um, and, you know, I have her her stats here. 
over mm -hmm. 1100 kills in her career, 625 blocks. Um, talk to me about her impact on the program. Yeah, um, her story is is fun. She came in, um, you know, as a she was going to play two sports. She was going to do high jump for track. And um, right before she came in, had, you know, reached out and just said, like, hey, I've decided to just focus on volleyball. Um, but we didn't really know exactly where she was going to fit in with things. You know, she was super athletic. She was long. She's fast. Um, but she was still pretty raw at the time. And I think just watching her in those in that first year, she started to find some playing time because of what she was doing on the court and practices. And really, she's just grown um so much as a player in terms of being more consistent, more, um, more confident, you know, the being able to be the person that people rely on. And I think in a lot of ways too, has become a leader, you know, through some of the things that she's done, not only on the court, but who she is as a person. So, you know, we love, we love Madison Harms. You know, I think she's, she's done so much for this program. I think she's elevated um, the program a lot. She's been a huge go-to player for us, obviously this year. And I think she's handled it really well. And there's players that have the ability, the skill to be able to take on a big load, but maybe not the mindset to be able to do that. And she's got both. And um, I think that's why she's had so much success. And I'm excited to see what she can continue to achieve here as she, um, as she closes out her career. Yeah. She just fires me up. Every time I see her highlights, I'm like, how can you not just like have a big smile on your face, you know, when you watch her play. Exactly. Um, and she's like that when you're around her too, both, both at practice and just as a person. I mean, she's just a, she's a um, high energy. She's smiling all the time. Um, she's just one that people, you know, really adore. Yeah. Um, you know, I have to talk about SDSU being an SDSU grad. They've come so close. I looked actually before this interview, I looked through the last three years of history with SDSU and every year, um, you know, you've beat them two times, three times, and at least once every year, there's a five set match in there. Mm -hmm. And that's what we saw earlier this year as well. Um, and I know that you like to, you know, one game at a time, which I think is smart, mm -hmm. but if I can get you to look ahead just a tad to that last match this season, how do you stay composed and focused against a team like that? where there's so much history, where, you know, they're going to take advantage of, of a lack of composure. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, I think, number one, um, I think you have to expect the the battle. You know, you have to expect that that's going to be a, a tough match. Um, and that's been true, obviously, over my entire career here. Um, you know, there's just there's something about that rivalry game. And that's what we love. We love being able to play in it. We love being a part of it, whether obviously right now is as players or being able to watch it as you know, through football or basketball or, you know, track and soccer and all, all the sports involved. Um, but obviously playing within it can create its own challenges. But, you know, I think it's one that our players enjoy playing in. Um, and I, I do think part of it is being able to embrace um, embrace the battle, but also embrace the, we call it embrace the suck sometimes. Like you're not always going to play your best in some of those moments. And there's going to be times that they go on runs and we got to make sure that does, that that does not stress us out. So um, I think one of it is going into it with the mindset that we expect it to be difficult. We expect it to not always be pretty. Um, but we also understand that we can control um, our side of the net at a high level. And if we do that, we're putting ourselves in a position to, to have success. But, you know, that, that rivalry game is one that's going to continue. It's one that people love talking about and we love being a part of. Um, but it, it's definitely one that, yes, right now we're, we're not focused on that match. But obviously when we get to that, we know what to expect. And it's going to be a tough environment to play in up in Brookings. Yeah, my prediction for that will always be five sets. 
Not sure either way, but it'll always always be fine. Um, I want to look ahead to a potential conference tournament match. So Kansas City is the only team that has beat you twice this season. And they will mm-hmm. be the only team that's, that that beats you twice this season. Is there anything um, particular? You know, you could run into them in the conference tournament. So, is there anything particular that they do, maybe at the net, at the service line, that challenges you in a different way than other teams? Or like, what is it about them that you haven't been able to kind of overcome? Um, I mean, obviously, you saw our first match. You know, we did not play well. You know, the first time we matched up against them, and you know that that's a part of it. I'm not taking anything away from them because I think they did a good job of controlling what they could. Their outsides had a really good night that night, um, but it definitely was not our night. You know, and down there, I think we had opportunities to um, to finish the match. You know, we had the lead in the fifth set, but you know, that's, what's fun about sports is it's never over until it's actually over. So, um, I think they got a lot of block touches against us last time that we played down there. Um, and honestly at some crucial times, which allowed them to transition out of it a little bit more effectively, but I don't think there's necessarily a specific thing. I I just think that we didn't necessarily, I don't think we handled it as well. Um, but you know, again, they're a good team. They're playing well right now. They're playing with a lot of confidence and, um, it's, it's another matchup. I don't, I don't think I would go as far as saying it's a rivalry game like it is with us and SDSU, but I think we always expect a really intense match with Kansas City. And um, that's what's fun. That's what we enjoy. Um, but, you know, we would obviously welcome the opportunity to play them again and to to have another opportunity to be able to come out on the winning side. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Fun questions. Questions that you don't have to think as hard about. <laughs> um, does the team have like a favorite pump up song or like something that they've been playing a lot this season um i mean they do a lot of music in in the locker room they have a new sound system so i know that they've been playing um a lot you know through that um you know i think every season there's a there's a certain song that you know we come into we usually don't necessarily share that with everybody but um you know i, I think for them each each one has their own individual kind of uh, ways to get ready for for games um, is there a team or which team, I guess, in the summit kind of surprised you the most this season? No, I, I really don't think that there's a team that necessarily surprised me the most. I, I just I feel like this season is is not surprising and surprising in the same way. Right. Like we at this point in time in the season, we've usually had a couple teams that have been able to separate themselves. And obviously that's not the case right now. You know, we've got obviously Omaha on top um, with one less loss than everybody um, than that next group of four, but it's just so close that um, I kind of expected that, you know, we, we thought that that could be what it looked like, you know, talking with our staff and talking with some other coaches around the league, you know, we felt like that was a very realistic possibility. Um, But, you know, I think it's been fun. You know, I think it's something that creates a great atmosphere every single night because every single night that match matters. You know, even you look at our next three matches, you know, I don't think there's any gimmies and um, we know Mm -hmm. that there's going to be some really tough battles, but that's the, that's the case around the league too, as they finish up also. Yeah. Um, Is there a player from another team that has really impressed you this season? Well, I don't want to give them too much credit. Um, (laughs) I just think there's some freshmen that have really been fun to watch and and fun to see kind of have that success early on. 
you know, obviously Omaha's right side, I think, has done a really good job. NDSU's outside has hit for a high percentage, you know, as a freshman. Um, and they've been fun players to watch. But obviously, as we continue to um, to see how the the season progresses, you know, we're watching a lot of film. We're watching a lot of of those matches, even if it is just for enjoyment for, you know, for for the time being. Um, I just think there's a lot of players that have stepped up and, and done um, really, really good things. And, um, and again, it, it's fun to watch other people also have success, even though we're constantly rooting for ourselves, you know, the most, um, I love being able to watch players just have breakout seasons and, um, and, and benefit their team at a high level. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my last question for you, what has been a memorable moment from this season? I would say favorite, but no one can ever pick one. <laughs> so I just say memorable. I have a hard time picking those. Um, Ooh, that is a tough one. I mean, I do think beating Denver at three at home after our first two losses in conference was definitely one that was memorable. But I, I also think, you know, in some ways monumental for us of just being able to see ourselves have that success against such a good team um, after, you know, dropping two back to back. So I think that would be a good one. And then I think any five set match that we have is um, is memorable. They're they're difficult. They're um you know, there's there's some nerves involved. There's a lot of excitement involved. Um, and I think obviously anytime we can come out on top, it's better. But I just think that even through some of those losses, there's been a lot of memorable um, fifth sets that have, you know, I guess, in, at least in my mind, stuck in my my head of things that I definitely won't forget anytime soon. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Coach Land Williamson, Coyotes host ORU and NDSU this weekend. Before heading up to Brookings on Tuesday to close out the season, you can catch all of those on the Summit League Network. Coach, thanks again for uh, taking the time to be here today. All right. And thanks for everything you do for the Summit League. Thank you. Thank you.